The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Get Paid, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, gambling, and daily fantasy. We are proud partners of Underdog Podcasts. You can also find us on Podcast One, and yes, streaming on YouTube, youtube.com slash the underdog. You're listening, as usual, to Sean and Brad after the Super Bowl. Brad, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, brother. How you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. I'm, uh, I have more energy, as we were talking about just before recording the show. Um, you know, I wake up, um, I get out of bed instead of feeling like I just got hit by a bus Instead of it taking four hours for me to, you know, get my head working right again, I wake up, I'm ready to go. If I have a little bit of coffee, it makes me invincible. I could run uh-huh. through a wall, baby. So I feel pretty good, man. I feel pretty good. Good, good. Um, I feel even better because Demi Lovato wore white pants um, on the Super Bowl. Yeah, our favorite bet. Our favorite we bet. That. Did you we uh, nailed that? Did you? Uh, did you? I, I didn't get the slick back hair though. Did you tell everybody? My boy Sean, he called it again. He got me again. White pants. Wait, wait, wait. Slick back hair? I, I thought she was going to have a slick back reptilian hair. No, hero. you said that? I did say that as part of my long-winded Demi Lovato wardrobe preview. <laughs> I thought she was... was the hair? I thought like, because she came out and she did a national anthem for like a McGregor fight, like MMA. Maybe it was McGregor, McGregor uh, Mayweather. Um, but yeah, it came out and did a... <laughs> did, uh-huh. did a whole thing and I thought she was going to be slicked back like that but she's not she's not or she wasn't anyway so there yeah you but go. you got the white pants man that was beautiful <sighs> I, I felt so good when I saw those white pants dude I felt so good I was like this is yeah, this no, is no, why no, I do no, podcasts this is it yeah that was it that was it so it was good then um, this weekend I went down a hole and obviously today, everybody, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl a lot but I went down a, a hole on about uh, Friday and Saturday night one of those things where I, I got some bad news. We, again, we were talking about this off, uh, off the air. I got some bad news on Friday that I was a little ticked off about in my life. It was a professional thing. Um, later on, I found out kind of what happened, and I'm actually in a really good good place about it, um, you know, j- just that quick. But I went kind of went down a rabbit hole, and I was like up all night on Friday, and I was working on the podcast and websites and all that stuff. And I'd get on eBay, and I'm like, hey, wait a second. Garoppolo, how young is he? Mahomes, how young is he? They could face off in the Super Bowl for a while, which I think we'll talk about. And I was like, I should probably go buy some rookie cards. Just, you know, get them while I can still get them. And so I bought just a ton <laughs> A ton of Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes rookie cards. And uh, I feel pretty good about the So what do you think that's going to do for you? Uh, actually, dude, you know what? Interestingly, um, because I'm going to be doing this show with Chris uh, Chris Horadell from Underdog Podcast. It's going to come on YouTube. I don't know if we're also making it a podcast. Probably. Um, yep. But it's going to be called The Collectibles. And um, long story short, uh, there's this Netflix show, Brad, called um, Jack of All Trades. And I watched it. It's really like a father-son thing. The father kind of skated out. But this kid, I guess his family owned a trading card store like back in the 90s, back when Crank Griffey Jr. was like doing his thing and like all that stuff. So in the 80s, early 90s when trading cards, when we were kids. And I thought, oh, that was that's interesting. So I went out um, and I tried to find this Billy Ripken um, Orioles card where he has an expletive written on the butt of his bat, like the, the handle. It, it okay. says clearly the F word on the card. So the, the editors never caught it. So I bought this series, and I thought, 
that would be fun. I'm just going to open packs of cards. It's like back in the 80s. Let me make fun of all these fat guys with mustaches that play professional sports. Right. You know? Magical time. Yeah. And, and it was, it was, I was, like, it brought me back, seriously, Brad, it brought me back to when I was like 12 and I would have like five spare dollars and I would go to the card store and just spend it all on cards. And it's like, there's this endorphin release, like when you're opening presents, like to this day, if I have a pack of cards, like I gotta open it because I gotta know what's in there. Yeah. And it's like, it's total brain chemistry, I get it, and it's totally weird, I get that. It's a piece of cardboard with a guy's picture on it that I don't even care Very about. Weird. Very weird. But there's something interesting about it. And so right. like, I, I, I did this like little series because we're marketing the Fantasy Baseball Almanac and Draft Guide, now available on Amazon.com. I thought, let me do this series, I recorded it in October, and, um, and let me just see what happens, and then I'll use it as kind of like I'll put it on YouTube, and then I'll advertise the book on it, and then, you know, it'd be kind of fun. If nobody watches it, who cares, right? And I did it, and I had the best time. Then I told Chris about what I was doing, and he's like, I want in, <laughs> I want in on that. So I was like, okay, well, let's develop a show, which we're, it, we're very close to doing. I actually have test concepts up on the, um, on the Underdog uh, YouTube channel already, which I uploaded this week, but... Yeah, man. So, um, but while I've been doing this and researching what stuff to buy, the crazy thing is these cards, specifically like quarterbacks or super really good um, baseball hitters, right? So people that can hit home runs in baseball and people that play quarterback in football. If you get a card of theirs, um, it appreciates in value like a hundred times, like in two or three years. So if you go really? out, but why? Who cares about those cards? I, I don't understand. I don't understand right? that either. However, I guess right. it's it's no different than uh, me. I own when I heard Disney Plus was coming out. I was like, mm, Disney's going to appreciate in value. I'm going to go buy Disney stock. Do I care about Disney? No, but I own stock, right? I own stock in yeah, Disney right. because I think it will appreciate. That's the way I look at it. And plus, I do enjoy the like. For me, it's the the. The interesting thing for me is like the releasing a series where we're chasing something. So then you have a goal. Like I get this box and I'm looking for one specific card in this box. It's a freaking Billy Ripken. Nobody even cares about this player, but it has the F word on the card. So it makes me laugh. So, and I guess maybe it's good vibe. If, if I feel good, maybe people feel good too. Um, but why would, why would people pay, you know, $10,000 for Patrick Mahomes stained glass pristine rookie card yeah right I, right I couldn't tell you but if i can get that same card for 40 bucks sit on it for a couple of years and then sell it for two thousand dollars that makes me happy because i like money so yeah so, for sure you know i it's enjoy interesting i didn't even realize that was still a thing those cards you know what ended up happening so ebay and we are, yes everybody we will get to the super bowl so ebay um, I didn't realize it either, Brad. I didn't. So eBay, and that's part of kind of what this jack-of-all-trades thing kind of talked about. When eBay came on, it kind of killed that market for a while. But with the card companies, I think very interestingly, if you're interested in business tactics, I guess, what they started doing is is releasing these very limited series to create more scarcity of product. And, you know, so like now they th what they'll do is they'll release like 10 different series and in one series, maybe there's 10 different variations of one card with different colors. So you want to collect now, instead of just one, one card for a player, you want to collect 10 cards for a player. So people are more into that. If you want to yeah. find a special card, they'll have like, they'll actually get with the player and they'll autograph the card before the season. Um, and they can insert that, or maybe it's a screen print autograph. But they have these different variations of scarcity of product. Again, do I understand it? No. But then again, when you think about it, you have a piece of cotton. Um, you know, a, a weird grade cotton 
dyed green with an old dead person's face on it. It's called the dollar bill. For some reason, that's worth money. I I, I don't get it. I don't get I it. Don't, yeah, I don't yeah, understand I commerce. Don't. You know, it's 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 a commodity that some people want. Like sometimes I'll watch Antique Roadshow and I see this old pottery that goes for like $15,000 and I'm thinking, why don't you just go to freaking Crate and Barrel? You can get that for 10 bucks. You know, I, I don't I don't get any of it. But you know, it doesn't really add. That up. doesn't mean that's certain, certain things have value. <laughs> that doesn't mean I can't play. What I what gives me value is like to me, it's a game. One, it's the thrill of the chase for that one specific card. Uh, like if I'll buy a bunch of 2017 trying to find Patrick Mahomes rookie card. If I get it, what does that mean? It means I can probably sell it for 50 bucks now if I wanted to, or you know, if I wanted to sit on it and put it in a safe deposit box, maybe I could sell it for a thousand in another 15 years, which sure, is what I would sure, do. Sure, sure, that'd be cool. Yeah, so it, I'm doing that basically. So you're um, almost investing in them. A little th- bit. That's what it is. So when I go on eBay, I buy cards of players that I think will pop. Um, another one is like Brad. You and I, uh, when I was in Miami this year, we were watching that. Um, that Browns versus Ravens game and Nick Chubb just tore through the Ravens. And I was like, that effing guy, they never give him the ball and you can yeah. see how good he is. He jumps off the tape. Well, now this guy, Kevin Stefanski, who is the coach of the Vikings, a run first guy, comes over to, um, I'm sorry, he was, yeah, he was the uh, offensive coordinator of the Vikings, goes over, he's the head coach now of the uh, Cleveland Browns. I think Chubb, who averages over five yards a carry for his career, which is nuts, I think he's going to have a huge year next year because I think he'll get more volume and still average five yards a carry. Mm. So I bought some Nick Chubb cards for like a buck. Next nice. year, I could probably sell them for 20 bucks, right? It's not breaking the bank, but if you do that a thousand times, suddenly you're making about 20 grand. Eh, sure. you know? So that's what I'm doing. And Lord God's knows I have the time. Man. Yeah. So, so I'm going to collect baseball and football cards. Yeah, that's your get, get rich plan. I'm going to get rich. Well, uh, you know yeah. what? God bless my wife because I told her about that. And she's like, she, she gives me one of these. She's like, all right. I mean, but yeah. but but it's no investment. You're not it, investing anything. Yeah, yeah. It's not much at all. And um, right. and to to my defense, when I tell her I'm going to make money doing something, I generally do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I have a track I record of this stuff working. So she's just like, mm, car. Do people still buy? Do people? I was like, I was like, look, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to be going to some baseball and football card convention. I'm yeah. going to go to the convention. Are you I'm really going to do that? Show. Hell yeah, I'm going to do that because I think it's going to be a good show on YouTube. I think it'll be interesting. I think people will respond to me being there because I don't necessarily belong there, but I want to belong there. Isn't, sure. it, isn't that humanity? Don't you just want to belong to something? Yeah, we all want to belong. And, sure. um, and I wa- Or maybe I don't want to belong to it, but I'm going to go there and find out whether or not I want to be part of the club or not. When is that? To be honest with you, I have no idea. I, they got, there have to be some, right? So I'm going to take like a like a 4K camera with a microphone. I'm just going to you know film myself, film film some people, and try to buy some boxes to buy volume for the show, so that Chris and I can open cards and so on and so forth. Maybe I'll sell them on eBay. Maybe I'll make some money, um, and uh, or maybe I won't, and I'll lose a bunch of money. And my wife will uh, she'll cancel she my credit. Come card. to her senses. Yeah, she'll come to my come to her senses. Send you an email. <laughs> <laughs> and then two months down. later, she'll she'll come to her senses and send me an email and hope I'm still yeah, around. Trust me, she'll I'm, be down. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. She knows that. She's too smart. <laughs> All right, Brad. So we're about 11 minutes in here. Um, let's talk some Super Bowl. Um, so you had a lot of people at your house. I know you're watching the game and all that. But, you know, I, I think we'll get into some of the, the finer things like the Shanahan stuff and all that. But what do you think? Impressions of the game, start to finish. What do you think? 
I think that it, you know the game was pretty pretty evenly matched. Um, it wasn't that spectacular of a game. Yeah. Um, I think it was it was starting to open up a little bit. You know, Kittle caught that bomb on the sideline, but then was flagged, and so yeah. that kind of brought. Well, what did you think? Bit. Did you think that was a pass interference? Yeah, I did. Yeah, me too. To me, it's I like did. I thought that I thought because he did it twice. He had one hand check. Yes. And then right. he did and then it, a push. And then a push with an extended arm. I feel right. like he would have gotten one, one or the other he would have gotten away with. Even an extended arm if he'd just done it that one time. But the combination of that, you know, it's like a Temptations dance move. It's like boom, boom, bah. Well, yeah, right. Um, so I actually got into an argument with the with the wolf. Of, not an argument, but kind of a mm-hmm. debate about mm-hmm. with the wolf of Tarpon Springs about that. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I know. It was pass interference, but I don't think it should have been called. And I try to like – Okay, well, I think it was pass interference. You think it was pass interference, and so does he. But we shouldn't call that. I'm so tired. I am so tired of sometimes calls shouldn't be called. What is that, man? Yeah, look. Looking at the play, he pushes off. He catches it because of it. That's pass interference, is it not? To me, to, and I agree with you completely. We've been talking about that all year with this whole thing, right? right? right. And, uh, you know, the, the booth didn't even review it because it was inside two minutes. They could have reviewed it for pass interference. They didn't look at it. Um, so they didn't see, feel the like... Problem with, sorry to interrupt, but the problem with saying that something shouldn't be called in that situation is very opinion-based. It's like, and yeah, refereeing is opinion-based a little bit, right? But... Maybe today the ref thinks it should be called in that situation, but maybe not tomorrow. Yeah. Right. So, so I don't know, man. That's well, that's a little bit too much judgment for my liking. Yeah, and the thing to remember is that the NFL officials that are picked are the best of the best at their positions um, throughout the year. They all get graded game by game. Um, if they blow a call in the first part of the year, um, they might um, basically lose their chance at uh, officiating the playoffs, which costs them money. I mean, there's an incentive program to be good during the season. And situationally, um, if you got a guy running down the sideline, to me, like some hand fighting, you're going to get some hand fighting on some routes. So if like the cornerback's kind of grabbing a hand here or there, or if the wide receiver's kind of like, you know, kind of shoving a little bit, you know, that is technically pass interference, but that's, you know, kind of a chintzy call. But when you get a, a, a nudge and an extension when you do it twice. That's why I say I think he would have gotten away with it once because it's just like ah, a little bit of hand fighting. But it it crossed the line between a little, little bit of hand fighting and two pushes to catch a ball in a key situation that would have put points on the board and would have changed the complexion at the end of that game, especially the last two minutes there. Um, right. Well, you know, I'm not if, saying he wouldn't. Yeah. You know, he could have caught it without the separation. But nevertheless, he pushed the guy so much that – the defender never was able to even touch him after yep. that. So he just he created it like a yard space for yep. him to just catch it comfortably. Yep. So he did that. We all saw that he did it. And yet, for some reason, maybe it should have been called. I'm the, so the tired only, of that. The only time that that would not be called... Um, and I, that regular season, it's a, it's a penalty. Postseason, it's a penalty because it's, it was the that. The defender also did it. Um, that or um, if it was a Hail Mary because they do let you extend and push for whatever reason. I don't think that should be All the right. case either. But that that's the only – so I agree. I mean it was a pass interference, and I think they should have called it. And that's a big play, man. It, not calling that gives the advantage to San Francisco. There were some – what bugged me a little bit more than that uh, pass interference is there were some pretty clear um, helmet contact like – hand-to-helmet, helmet-to-helmet hits on the quarterbacks on both uh-huh. Mahomes and uh-huh. Garoppolo um, that didn't get called, and suddenly that wasn't a penalty. That kind of bugged me um, because I felt like that was less consistent um, than yeah. in a regular season. Um, 
you know, there there are some people, if, certainly if you're a 49ers fan, I think you would say that Bosa was held on many occasions, but those tend to not get called in the playoffs so much, right? And I don't necessarily, I don't think it's right, but I don't necessarily have a problem with the officiating in playoffs getting being noticeably different um, because well, it's happened okay, the whole time. A- because it's consistent story because all year long everyone's saying there's too many flags there's too many flags that's a different story Mm, okay right it's like calling uh it's like calling holding away from the ball and it has nothing to do with the play yeah it's like oh all right okay really we're doing that and but i think this is different like yeah we all saw the guy push off it's points on the board or points off the board and that's and and a very clear penalty him do it you got so, you got you got to make that call, I think, because it changes the whole complexion of the game. It's illegal and it changes the complexion of the game. Correct, you know? correct. It's yeah. illegal and it changes the game for sure. Yep. Well said. Uh, and then, so uh, yeah. after that, you know, I think that both quarterbacks kind of underperformed a little bit. Um, however, um, Patrick Mahomes played like Patrick Mahomes for about six minutes, and that's all <laughs> that's it takes all it took, for man. them to put on. You know, Twenty-one to three, nothing. The last what five points. and a half, six and a half minutes of the game. 21, 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter. I, w- what- I will say this. I have to say this, and I have to give props to Colin Coward because we've been grilling him for the past yep. couple of weeks, right? Yep. He did something. He did say something that I thought was was quite genius. Okay, the Chiefs are like the Warriors, I, right? Dude, I just recorded Functional Sportsaholic. I said the same thing. Please continue the thought. I completely agree. You can have the perfect game, and you could go well, but but you blink. For three minutes, and you know the Warriors go on a 12-0 run, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you could have the game plan to beat them, and you could actually be playing better than them. But you, but you have two bad minutes, and you're down eight, and you're screwed, right? Yep. And it's like the Chiefs, you know, you have you have five bad minutes, seven bad minutes, and before you know it, they just put 21 points on you. It's insane. And you are screwed. It's it insane. And it, that's uh, is that the point you were gonna make? No, well, yeah. I mean, I was saying, like, you know, um, I, I, I agree. I agree because I said the same thing on on functional sportsaholic, and I actually did watch. I wanted to hear what Colin Coward thought of the Super Bowl, you know, um, and uh, and I thought that was a really good. And like you said, we've been hammering him as of late because, f- frankly, he's been saying a bunch of stupid stuff. But I think that was, yeah, a, that's right. But no, that's that's nervous. why you watch him. It's like the one shot in golf. You go out to golf and you suck for like five hours, and you hit one good shot. You know, make a long putt. You're like, yeah, I go, I'm gonna come back in golf. Yeah, I could take it up exactly. Yeah, yeah he, right. he's he's he, sure. He brought me back in for another couple of weeks with that comment because it was, man, it was a it was a nice one. Um, what do you think about Brad? What do you think about the Kyle Shanahan? Um, you know, his ability to or like let me say, Kyle Shanahan's um decision to pass more than run at the end of the game. Did you have a problem with it? Oh, okay. So I don't know, man. I, I'm not the type of guy to to start judging play calls. And let's be honest. Uh, at least I don't think I am. Maybe I'm contradicting myself. But let, let's be honest, that run game for San Francisco, man, that's butter. That's about as good as run game as you're going to get. So yeah. is that a bad decision to keep doing that? I don't know. And uh, maybe maybe what's his name there was playing a little shaky. Yeah. So. Um, are you talking about Garoppolo? In- yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the guy's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, right? Yeah. Because in two Super Bowls ago, he, he threw with Atlanta, and he should have ran. So this time he's running and everyone wants him to pass. Is that what happened? No, no, no. Everybody wanted him to run. He so he did basically the same thing both times. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry, yeah, I lost so, my marbles. So a, a couple things here, and I said this again on the functional sports. Talk. I, let me let me um, defend Kyle Shanahan because I think 
I think, first of all, he's a head coach and he knows. Well, let me say three things. One, and I texted you this, Brad, this guy, Jeff Wilson, who is their four-string running back, why he got so many snaps in the first quarter is beyond me in the first half. You have Raheem Mostert, who two weeks prior ran for 220 yards against the Green Bay Packers. He is by far the the most talented running back on the roster. I've been saying that for multiple years. Um... Meanwhile, you have Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida who have been getting run all season long. Matt Breida is pretty good in the passing game. All of a sudden, they have a bye week and they come back and Jeff freaking Wilson is is in the lineup because he can catch. Every running back on that roster can catch. What are you doing? Right? right? right. So that's a classic like, uh, I'm going to outstink the room here. Um, I, all right. I, so the guy's getting bagged for, for being too passive. Is that the deal? I, well, yeah, but, uh, but I don't think anybody's talking about the personnel. That confused me. The um the throw like the the throw versus pass Garoppolo I texted you say Garoppolo through the first fifty five minutes of that game outplayed Patrick Mahomes he he absolutely was outplaying Patrick Mahomes the last part of the game yeah. he, uh, George Kittle was open for I don't a first know about down outplayed I think outplayed is a little strong okay because Mahomes did some things outside of the stats you're right he he outstatted Mahomes for for fifty five minutes but yeah, outplayed I, I, I'll give you that miss a couple players but I think Garoppolo did the same I don't think Garoppolo lit it up in any way shape or form his the the big fail failure and the whole narrative is completely different Kyle Shanahan had dialed up a play um, he had Emmanuel Sanders wide open deep downfield San Francisco's down twenty four to twenty at that point um if Garoppolo makes the call hey man he has a big contract extension they're paying him to make that throw yeah he missed that uh, Sanders throw. Sanders agree. has about a yard and a half of separation put some air under it let Sanders run under it touch him touchdowns well, you know, I, know, I know man and, and as the game went on I don't know it, it wasn't just me because Brian said the same thing he goes as this game goes further and further along I, I find myself not liking this Garoppolo guy and I was like yeah I really can't stand this guy anymore what is it about him? Uh, I didn't. I didn't feel that. Like I felt. No. I feel fine about it. Like I thought. Like the game. I, I, okay, so coming in, we talked about this analytically. I said, you know what, um, Tariq Hill is going to get his. Like because that that out is going to be there. They don't have anybody as good as that defense is. They don't have anybody that can compete with Tariq Hill running an out because they have to respect his speed over the top. Um, and I felt like San Francisco, because Kansas City was obviously going to sell out to stop the run, because that's what you have to do. San Francisco is going to have the middle deep open in the field um, all game. And we saw it with Sanders. We saw up deep ends to Sanders and Samuel and Bourne. That stuff was open. And, you know, Garoppolo for the first few quarters, the first three quarters, was doing what he had to do. I mean, he was like, what was he, like 19 to 21 or something like that for a while? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was doing really well. And then the last quarter of the game, he missed Garoppolo. Well, on top of the interceptions, right? He missed George Kill open for a first down, and he missed Emmanuel Sanders open for a touchdown. So mm-hmm. can you? So is that uh, you have to criticize Kyle Shanahan? I don't know because if Kansas City's stacking the box with eight people and they're doing a good job of beating the running back to the edge, like what do you do? Do you go three and out with three runs? I don't think that's the right call. And Shanahan is an aggressive play caller, and. You know, he did what San Francisco play, you know, um, paid him to do. I, I think you could make an argument about that first half not taking the timeout, Brad. Um, but even then, I, I don't really hate that because if you go three and out, you give Kansas City the ball back with 45 seconds, you know? Right, right. So, I mean, you, it, with Kansas City's offense, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, I, sure, I think, sure. I think Sheenahan was trying to eat clock. And then take his shot with Kittle. I think he probably had that that play in the hopper, that deep sideline pass to Kittle in the hopper, 
and he knew it was going to work, and he knew Kittle was going to come down with the ball, and I think that's another reason he was so pissed off. And um, what I didn't like, Brad, I'm sure you saw this, was John Lynch in the press box going, you know, and then and then at the end uh, of the game, yeah. I didn't like the look of, look, that game was close, right? I don't have a problem if, if it's clear that San Francisco is going to win the last five minutes of the game. That game was close and tense, and John Lynch came down to the sideline and was standing right behind Kyle Shanahan. I don't like that. That's not a good look for me. I don't like that at all. I didn't like that either, man. Not one bit. I thought that was, I thought, I said this on Functional Sportsaholic as well. I I thought that showed immaturity at the position level for John Lynch, both the timeout. Look, I know your passion. I know you played the game. I know you have a Super Bowl ring. I know you're, you know, probably a future Hall of Famer. You can't do that. When you're a general manager, you're a business person, you're a boss, and you got to be stoic in in there. And, um, you know, I don't love when Jerry Jones gets all pissy as an owner, but it's his team. That's kind of on brand for him. But, like, Lynch, that was not a good look for him. And then being on the sideline behind Shanahan in crunch time, I hate that. I yeah, that, I hate that. That was terrible too. I'm glad you mentioned that. I was like, ah, that's kind of gross. It is, and and mm. you know, I think um, Snyder, Dan Snyder, used to do that to some of his coaches. Like he'd be on the sideline on the fourth quarter of the game. Like, and I don't think John Lynch. I think he was just like he wanted to be part of the team and he wanted to be there and all that. That was not the right situation for him to be on the field. San Francisco's right. up by 20 with five minutes left. You can come down in the field. You know, San Francisco, you're in a dogfight. You're either up by three or down by four, depending on. Right, 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 right. Come you know, on, that's crunch time. Make big time coaching calls and you're down there uh, in his ear. I don't like it. And, and I don't think that affected Shanahan. And I'm not, I, don't, I don't even know if Lynch talks to Shanahan there. I didn't see any footage of that. But just him being there is annoying. It's just annoying. It's yeah, it, it's not it's the right annoying. thing Get to your do, ass man. Somewhere else, and he shouldn't be standing there. He should be, in my opinion. I think he should be hammered for that. And he's a general manager. I guess he has the quote unquote right. But there's, you know, there's things you should do and things you shouldn't do. And that was a shouldn't do for me. Um, agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, agreed. Those were those were two things. But you know, let me say some nice things about Lynch because he's built a hell of a team. This team has Garoppolo already under contract. This team, out of the two teams, is better set up to make a dynastic run, in my opinion. Now, Kansas City, they're going to probably lose Sammy Watkins because his contract number is stupidly high. But maybe Sammy Watkins takes a pay cut to stay with uh, Mahomes. I certainly would. You yeah. know, If it's a difference between you know going to... It's easy for me to say, and he has his ring so he can move on. He had a big catch, too, on Sherman uh, late in that game, but... You know, if I had the choice at Sammy Watkins' level to play for the Dolphins at $10 million a year or pay for, play for the Chiefs at $8 million a year, I would play for the Chiefs and hope my Super Bowl wins would rack up some endorsement money and make up the balance. Sure. I, that's, that's how I would do it. Again, you know, finances is everybody else's, you know, business. I would rather stay with a guy like Mahomes and just eat up stats and have a better career um, than go to a, kind of one of these crummier teams um, sure, and make a little bit more money. Now, if it's yeah. life-changing stuff, okay, but is the difference between eight and ten million really life-changing? You know, to me, the difference, to me, the life-changing factor once you're at that salary level is uh, is you know what kind of stats and how many rings can i win because that's going to get me appearances later in life you know it's just, it's stature and respect and all that stuff that's that's kind of the, the game i'd play but now i i do think that the best team won i, I, agree. I always thought the chiefs were you know i i guess you know there's there's a handful of other teams that you could see winning but for i always thought the chiefs have, i thought the chiefs have been the best team in the league for two years now yeah, and their offense, and they fixed. I mean, this defense is getting better and better and better. Um, they're they're better than their rankings were at the end of the year when I did my preview and all that. And and let's be honest, and I think I texted you this as well. If they if the San Francisco 49ers played any other team, 
any other team. They would have ran, ran away with the game. Um, San Francisco, when they went into halftime, and another kind of defense for Kyle Shanahan being a little more conservative at the end of that first half. If you're Shanahan and you've dominated the second half all year, why would you think all of a sudden that you wouldn't dominate the second half in, in the this, uh, Super Bowl? Like, I think he was probably thinking, right. let me eat up clock, let me get a field goal, let me take a deep shot to Kittle. Uh, but let me make sure that Mahomes doesn't steal a touchdown for me at the end of this game because I'm going to come out and I'm going to run the ball. Garoppolo's playing well, distributing the ball well. I'm going to come out and I'm going to win the second half, uh, 21 to 10, like they've been doing all year. And I texted you, Brad. I said these guys, man, are going to you know impose their will. But they didn't run as much. But credit, I credit Kansas City with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so many plays were Mahomes, dude. And we, we talked yeah. about this with the Russell Wilson factor. Where Nick Bosa, one of the things I said was, what's Nick Bosa going to do against Patrick Mahomes here? Um, is he going to be able to keep him in the pocket? There were probably two times where I saw Bosa just chugging, running after Mahomes, diving and hitting Mahomes' leg. There was one play I'm thinking of like in my head right now. Hits Mahomes on the leg. 31 other quarterbacks in the league, maybe 30, go down with that. They go yeah. down and it's a sack. Mahomes keeps that going, dives for a first down, keeps the drive alive to score a touchdown, I think, on that drive. That's a difference, man. Is he man. something or what? Mahomes. Mahomes. What, did it, what an incredible talent. I hope that he stays healthy. And, and just, you know, I hope we get 10 years of him and Reed. Reed, I think, has just turned early 60. We have probably at least a good five to seven years with Reed. Man, I mean, talk about dynastic teams. I said I think that this could be like bird and magic in the 80s. It would not shock me if these two teams match up against each other another four times, yeah, five times. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be very cool. I did that. They're so, so good, and I think San Francisco will get theirs uh, sometimes. Um, we'll see what happens, man. Like Mahomes, they're going to have to extend Mahomes, which means they're going to have to lose some pieces elsewhere. Uh, but if they have Mahomes and they have Tariq Hill, and they have McCole Hardman, who didn't even really do much, and all these fast receivers. Travis Kelsey, you know, I think we're looking at kind of like the, uh, what is it, the uh, the Peyton Manning Colts teams. Like, how do you yeah, stop them? You right. don't, you know? You don't, you don't. You don't. Yeah. You just hope that maybe Mahomes has 60 full minutes and not playing to his potential instead of 55. Like Exactly, exactly, because all it took was five, right? All it took was five, 21 points. I, it just... Yeah. All it took was five. They are in just an incredible, incredible team. And I said this too after the Houston. We're kind of wrapping up the show here. After the Houston game, um, when they went down, it was a twenty-four zip, and they came back and won. I, I said, and I think I might have said this on the show, is like, if you're Kansas City, what, like, what are you afraid of? What would possibly spook you? You know, like. <laughs> You're down 24 to nothing in a playoff game in the second quarter or maybe at the end of the first or whatever it was. And they came back and put like 50 points up. I and know. it wasn't even a game. And you never yeah. felt like it even was a game. Even when they were down 24 to nothing, you're like, eh, you know, get one touchdown to the steam. And it, and it happened. Sure, sure. It happened. How do you uh, – I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I just hope that, you know, they're going to pay Patrick Mahomes a lot. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you, you know, that's kind of how it goes. So, so – Let's try to not assume that they're just going to get back so easily because it sure. doesn't really work that way. It's it's difficult. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Well, I think we can call that an episode, everybody. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. And Brad and I will keep it going. We're going to start doing some, you know, just some commentary on the teams just in general, kind of what surprised us in 2019, what to look forward to. We're going to be in the draft cycle, free agency cycle. That'll be some fun. So, yeah, I mean, check back. The NFL content is going to be alive and well. 
Uh, but yeah, everybody else, hey man, go out, make some bets, play some Daily Fantasy, and get paid. You want to get paid? Then get paid. Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling, we the NFL experts help you win. You better tune in for the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday, because the team right here know the game the most. From Chi-Town to the Florida coast, got swag, got butter with the toast. Brad, so watch the model, don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy football almanac, so quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real, whatever you win, you're gonna wish this podcast never in. Now get ready for the best show to begin. Let's go.